music, news, entertainment. It's all right here. This is The Kelly Alexander Show. Hi, it's Kelly, and this week on the show, we have a conversation with Juno Award-winning recording artist Rev, who hails from Montreal but is currently living in Toronto, taking her career to the next level. We talked to Rev about the importance of Montreal when it comes to her songwriting, not to mention what it feels like to be nominated for Pop Album of the Year at the upcoming Juno Awards. We then switch gears and have a conversation with our music editor, Sharon Hyland, talking about Usher's career and the big plans he has for the year ahead with the release of his latest album and upcoming tour. Follow us on Instagram, Kelly Alexander Show. We are very happy to speak to one of Montreal's bright lights when it comes to the world of pop music. Rev is a Juno award-winning artist who hails from the West Island. Her debut album is called Saturn Return, and she's going to be playing La Fairmount in Montreal on the 28th of March with opening act Ralph. Rev, welcome back to The Kelly Alexander Show. Thank you so much for having me. So your debut album is called Saturn Return. And can you please explain how your hometown of Montreal actually influenced the album? Montreal is at the heart of this album. So every lyric written um, for Saturn Return was inspired by a night out or a conversation somewhere at a table in Montreal. Um, So it's really my love letter to not only dance music, but the city that I'm from. Did you record most of the album here? Because I know you spent time in Toronto, so I'm I'm just trying to get a lay of the land. Um, yeah, so the, the album was recorded across Montreal, Toronto, and L- LA and the UK. Amazing. And can you tell us about the vibe when you are in Montreal when it comes to recording? Like, is it a, a significant difference between how you feel and how you record when you are in Toronto? I, I definitely think so. There's that feeling of being home that's so warm and fuzzy. And I think that really comes through in the, in the music. Uh, you know, that beautiful nostalgia that comes with being home and, you know, everything is different, but somehow it's it still feels the same and familiar. So definitely. You have many hits on Saturn Return, including Control-Alt-Delete, which um, ended up winning a Juno Award for Dance Recording of the Year in 2023. Do you have a favorite song on the album and what do you want fans to take away from the project? I think that it's asking about a favorite song on the album. It's like saying, okay, what's, who's your favorite kid? I love all of them equally, but differently. Um, But I think that if there's one out, like one track on the album that kind of like encapsulates the feeling that I wanted people to have while listening to it, it's Saturn Return because it is a track about coming home. Um, But yeah, I just wanted to create this album to provide a safe space for people to feel a wide range of emotions and to celebrate not only just the beautiful parts of life, but the parts that aren't so, you know, beautiful on paper because it's all a part of the story. Now, your album has a lot of up-tempo songs. You also have some ballads, that's for sure. But I wanted to get your take on the fact that, you know, over the years, I think, pop music, especially like dance music where it's more up-tempo, gets a bit of a bad rap for being um, not as deep maybe as like a rock song. Um, So I'm just wondering what your take is on that and if you um, feel like some people don't take dance music seriously, even though I know after listening to your album, you take your lyrics very seriously. I do. And there's definitely songs where I don't write them as like an opus and uh, like a bearing of the soul because I think that music 
can have just as much of a positive influence if it just makes you want to dance, if it's just a vibe as, you know, something that you like, there was, you know, some of the ballads that I, you know, cried at my kitchen counter writing. I think that they can all hold space and they can all be important in different ways for different purposes. You won a uh, Juno Award, as we mentioned, um, you know, for the Best Dance Recording last year. Now, this ceremony, you are nominated again for Pop Album of the Year. So what did it feel like to, you know, get the nomination going up against artists like uh, Montreal's Charlotte Cardin, not to mention Lawrence, uh, Lauren Spencer-Smith, as well as the legendary one and only Shania Twain? It is such an incredible honor. I mean, I'm such a fan of every other person nominated in this category. So to even be mentioned in the same conversation as these artists that, you know, I admire so much is, you know, just so cool and such an honor. But I think, you know, winning last year was amazing for Control All Delete for Dance Recording of the Year. But then to be recognized this year after putting out a full body of work. And of course, it was so nerve wracking putting out a full body of work in uh, today's market where, you know, it's, it's more of a singles market, but to say, okay, we're going to release this entire, like, like this crazy track list and for it to be recognized as a whole is really, really special. When you were at the ceremony last year, so you not only won for dance recording of the year, but you also performed, what was it like to be up on stage in front of Canada's elite artists? the most beautiful and nerve-wracking thing at the same time it was just so exhilarating it's uh, you know one of those core memories it was just it truly truly incredible but truly nerve-wracking when you were performing did you happen to see anybody you know in the audience that was you're like oh my god i can't believe it that's jan arden you know or something like that I was trying my hardest not to focus on faces because I I was it was going to trip me up. I was like, okay, don't look at them. Whatever you do, don't look at them. But like <laughs> afterwards, when we were sitting at the table, I was looking around and you know my eyes were just bouncing everywhere. But when I was on stage, I was like, no, you got to focus. Um, did you get to meet a hero after the ceremony last year or during the festivities? Because I know Juno weekend is pretty fun. It is so much fun. I got to meet Tate McRae at the the, fir- the opening ceremony. She is just the sweetest and most talented human ever. Um, cross paths with like Jesse Reyes and a couple of other stars. Simu is like the such like the sweetest guy ever, most gracious man ever. Um, so meeting all of them was you know even just on pass on was great. This year, will you be going to the ceremony? I will. Okay. <laughs> have you already planned your outfit? I have not. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I have not. But it, that that we've we've just been like knuckles deep in um, tour planning because I'm going on tour in March, and so outfits will come in a couple of weeks for the Juno. Can you talk to us a little bit about the tour? Because you are coming to your hometown um, at the end of March. But I just want to know about tour prep. Like, what has been going on? What is a day in the life of um, Rev getting ready for this? It has been so much fun building this tour. Uh, You know, I had a a couple of headline shows last year, but a headline tour, uh, we've just like, like rethunk the entire set. It's a brand new show. I've just been like the, the core, like we've been focusing on, you know, the choreography for every single one of the numbers and it's super exciting. It's been such a challenge, you know, like there's people here about how Beyonce used to train for tour and like run on the treadmill and sing. Like I've been doing that, like I'm getting my cardio up, just like eating well, like really putting thoughts into the, like a lot of thought into the visuals and like the set list and just making this the most magical, you know, show ever. 
And what does it feel for you to be, you know, a kid from the West Island becoming, and I'm going to say this, I'm sure you probably don't view yourself as such, but I think all of us that, you know, love and support you and your music feel like, like this, that you are becoming a major pop star in Canada. What does that feel like? Oh my gosh. Well, thank you for saying that. Um, it's so surreal. I, I think I just wake up every morning being so grateful that I'm just able to, you know, make a living from my art and, and bearing my soul every day and to connect with people around the world and just connect on experiences. I'm just, you know, I'm just so, so grateful. Do you, um, like knowing that you have the Montreal show coming up, you know, on the 28th of March, does that add extra pressure to you just because it is going to be your hometown show? Definitely. But hometown shows are the best. Like it, it, it makes me the most nervous, but it makes me the most excited because I just want to, my whole like goal through this whole process is just making Montreal proud. And when you are done with the tour, are you already looking ahead as to what's coming next? Like, have you already started writing, you know, new songs? Oh, absolutely. I think that we've from, you know, the release of Saturn Return to today, there's been like 75 songs that I've written. So we already have a good idea of what's coming next, but we'll be able to share that really soon. Amazing. And do you find that like since you wrote Saturn Return and obviously now, you know, months have gone by since you've even released it. Do you find that your sound is evolving or are you still kind of in your nice pocket? It's there's a lot of, you know, similar elements going into this next chapter, but I think that I'm leaning more into a refined UK kind of influenced sound too. And so I, yeah, go I ahead, think go ahead, finish that up. it's changed just a little bit, but like, yeah, I'm very, very excited for people to hear this new kind of music. They're going to like the parts that they've always loved are, are still there, but there's a couple of tracks that are, are wild cards. Is there anybody right now that is on your bucket list to collaborate with? Well, um, Robin is the number one that comes to mind always. I'm such a fan of hers, but you know, DJs like Camel Fat, Duke Dumont, uh, some of the drum and bass leaders in the UK. Um, there's just so many on that list. Is there anybody on that list that would be like another Canadian pop artist, you know, like an Alessia Cara, you mentioned Tate McRae, um, Scott Hellman, Tyler Shaw, any of those? I'm such big fans of all of them, but I would have to say the one that comes to mind first is another Montrealer and that's Kate Trinata. Amazing. He is a very talented man. Um, well, before I let you go, do you have any message for your Montreal fans? Yeah, I just want to say that I, I love you so much and your support means the entire world to me. You are at the core of every single thing I do. So thank you. Amazing. Don't forget that Rev is going to be playing the Fairmount at the end of March on the 28th of March. Tickets available for you at Avenco.ca. Listen anytime, anyplace. Just a click away. KellyAlexanderShow.com. Always happy when our next guest joins us on The Kelly Alexander Show, our music editor, Sharon Highland. Hello, Sharon. Hi, Kel. How are you? I am not going to lie, a little bleary-eyed. I've been yeah. double duty this week, um, filling in on entertainment on one of the stations that we work for. Mm -hmm. And so it's been a lot of fun, uh, but extra work. And uh, this was my last day of doing it for a bit. But now I have something else coming up. So it's going to be uh, busy times at the ranch. Never stops. Never stops. Literal ranch, too. It's probably busy at, at the farm, too, right? Yeah, the farm, is, uh, the farm is gearing up for spring already. And uh, yeah, it's crazy. But you also, I should never complain because what time do you actually get up? Because you are on the morning show on the rock station that we have. Yeah, I get up at four 
ish. Yeah, it's. I think in uh, in radio you learn how to do things within um, the length of a song, mm-hmm. and then you realize, oh, I can do this in that amount of time, and it translates into waking up early in the morning and how you know I know what I can get done in that window, mm-hmm. and it's a lot. <laughs> so, so if it makes me feel like I'm getting three more minutes of sleep, then I'm doing that rush business. But ultimately, up at four at work to st- I get w- to work after five and start at five thirty. Okay. And so, how long does it take you to drive in? Twenty minutes? Twenty five? Uh, yeah. Okay. It should take longer, you know. <laughs> what with rules and all. That. <laughs> uh, but I get lucky with lights. Okay. And uh, yeah, it's funny because you know when you leave sort of where you live, there's not okay. a lot of action. As yeah. soon as you hit the highway, you're like, where'd all these people come from? Yeah. Where are you going? <laughs> Especially at that hour, because you're leaving like what four forty ish or ish, yeah. yeah. So just before five. So yeah, there's a fair amount of people, and you're like, I can't believe you're up this early. Also, yeah. And why like, aren't you in more of a rush? Get out of my way. Yeah. <laughs> there is that. Um, so our uh, little chit chat today involves um, Usher in the fact that obviously you know he's been top of mind for many months now, um, getting that Super Bowl halftime show performance and. Uh, the latest news also was that he, you know, uh, dropping an album, uh, coming home and then announcing a tour. So yeah. he's that and, uh, read an article where I guess, because a lot of people, I guess he's, you know, obviously been doing a lot of press in the lead up to all of these things. P.S. I forgot to mention, he's also the latest, um, I'll call him male model. Cause it sounds fun mm-hmm. for Kim Kardashian skims men's un- underwear line. Oh, so if you haven't seen that yet, just Google, I guess, Usher and the word skims and you'll see his photo shoot and the man still has many abs. There's a lot of them. So he's pretty, uh, he's pretty jacked overall. Yeah. And he's stayed that way for years. Like he's always in good shape. And so um, it's great attention to detail and Usher, we appreciate it. We appreciate your efforts. And so, um, so this article that I was reading and then pass along to you is the fact that there was a time where he was, I guess, a bit concerned that he wasn't having the hits that he'd had like earlier on in his career. And so he mm-hmm. was going to pivot, love saying that word, pivot. Pivot. Uh, yeah, to uh, <laughs> to an acting career, which I'm not sure if you remember this, Sharon, but um, he did do, I think it was 12 episodes of The Bold and the Beautiful back in the late 90s. I kind of do remember that. Mm-hmm. Hmm. so it wouldn't have been too far out of his wheelhouse plus you know a lot of artists as we all know have to act in some form or another when they're doing music videos that's true it's good to be as well-rounded as possible so you're not sort of just you know in that one lane Mm -hmm. so what are your thoughts on because i know you know i think there's a fair amount of singers slash you know rappers slash recording artists that go into acting i'm not sure if there's a lot of actors that go into singing there is but i think it's more well i think it's what's interesting is that both uh skill sets exist before um whatever part of their career takes off you know like i think that uh actors that can sing could always sing i think singers that end up acting they probably already had that in their uh, in their experience too. Mm-hmm. So, I, and it's typical of um, we we are presented with the artist. Here's what they do. Here's what you're going to like. Here's the song. Here's the movie. Whatever. So then it's somehow surprising that they also have artistic uh, 
pursuits elsewhere. Like, what? They're also a singer or also a dancer? I think that they all have, you know, they grew up probably interested in everything. Yeah. For sure. And so the article went on to say that, you know, Usher was really sort of contemplating this at some point after 2004, because he did obviously have Confessions, which was a very, you know, um, well-received album. I don't know how many times it went mm-hmm. platinum, but I'm sure many. And then, you know, even later on, like, I think, uh, was it DJ God is Falling in Love? Like that song, I feel like that came out around 2010. Oh. So he still had hit songs, you know, later, you know, in the in the 2000s. But I, so I'm not exactly sure when he was petrified about uh, things not going well. But, um, you know, it's interesting to think that he would have made that choice. But then he said, no, he's like, you know, singing is my first love. So Mm -hmm. I'm going to continue on, which obviously worked out for him. Well, it's funny, like you said, though, like he had a a string of hits. Mm -hmm. I think to to maintain a certain level of comfort (laughs) at the bank, uh, you need one or two top 40 hits mm-hmm. you know and he had many more than that many many so it's interesting to think that oh i gotta quit this i gotta i gotta do something else because of i flopped like it's sort of weird but it's yeah. it's perhaps typical of someone with a tunnel vision on what they want to do okay well all i do is this and if i'm not good at this i've got to do something else yeah you can do it all usher yeah, he can. And it's funny because, like, I really don't think because, like, you know, 2008 was like, oh, my God song, I believe it was. So, like, he was really like, oh, yeah, for, like he had a lot. And so I maybe it was around. I'm just throwing it out there. Maybe it was around 2014 ish that things slowed down a little bit, you know. Um, but now, like, you know, 45 years old, Super Bowl halftime performance. And obviously, uh, as you and I already know, like they don't get paid for that. No, and it's pretty incredible that they don't get paid for that. When you think the amount of money that you hear that's attached to uh, commercial time mm-hmm. um, and all that stuff. so And all the standards and requirements and expectations of the artist uh, that's doing the halftime show that they're not getting paid, how it's positioned as, well, this will be great exposure for you. You're like, wait a minute. You want me to do it because it's good exposure for you too, Super Bowl people. Yeah, you know, yeah, uh, it's it's interesting. It is inter- interesting, and it's also yeah, it's weird because I mean the amount of bank that they are making the NFL on Super Bowl and every oh. sort of periphery around it that feeds mm-hmm. into the big machine, they yep. have more than enough to either you know because again I'm not sure who subsidizes the like if he's because I think remember when the weekend of the Super Bowl. Like he paid mm-hmm. extra member to like make yeah. sure he had the set or whatever that he wanted. Cause I think it was 7 million. Yeah. Do his Super Bowl. And I don't, so I think maybe there's a certain level that the Super Bowl will kick in or the NFL will kick in. I would hope so. Maybe I, at least put yeah. them up, right? Like are they, yeah. they have to have been brought in, flown in, given hotel space, all that stuff. But yeah. I, like, okay. Yeah. You're not getting paid, though? It's a bit odd. And that people sign up to do it knowing what they know. (laughs) After each one, you hear a horror story on some level Mm -hmm. of uh, timing or, like I said, expectation where, you know, someone always agrees to do it. (laughs) Yeah. So it's... Exactly. Maybe it is good. Maybe it is great exposure. Well, it must be. I mean, like thousands, tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of people, millions of people watch. Mm Mm-hmm. 
you know, I know I'm and some in- just for the halftime show, some oh, yeah, just for, for that, sure. that aren't even fans of football. They're just watching the show. And that's why actually that's another thing I wanted to bring up to you, because we had talked about this on, I think, our podcast that we host together, um, where the the fact that actually, why am I completely blanking on my point? I'm going to come back to that. But mm-hmm. I no, actually, yeah, I was thinking so it was rock rock artists because, yep. you know, it's been a, like a hot minute since a band has actually. Yeah done that i know maroon five did it several years ago but i'm talking about like hard rock band foo fighters should totally do it totally should do it but i'm wondering and i want your thoughts on this um because as you just mentioned that so many regular folk that do not watch nfl games all season long are tuning in for maybe the super bowl maybe just the halftime show Mm -hmm. i wonder if that's why the last several several years they are going top 40 because they know like this is their chance to you know they're having every buddy like you know moms girls you know like teenage boys like everybody's watching so i mm-hmm. i don't think they're actually catering halftime super like super bowl halftime show performance to their regular demographic that like, they're not they're they're catering to uh the uh the fringe pop. yeah they're, they're catering to the to the pop people because yeah. like because i don't know because if you think about it like you know, it was Rihanna last year, mm-hmm. Usher this year. Then it was Mary J. Blige, Eminem. Oh, Dr. yeah. Ray, like all that. I think yep. it was the year before that was The weekend. Yeah. Like he wasn't that long ago. J-Lo and... Uh, J-Lo and Shakira. Shakira. Um, Justin Timberlake was maybe 2018, 2019, something around there. Because it wasn't also that long ago for him. Then I remember Katy Perry was 2015. Mm-hmm. I think somewhere in there was Maroon 5. So, But that's really the last band. They might have been 2017. But so, like, but, but, it's, but it's really top 40 acts that they're having. And I'm mm-hmm. wondering if it's because they're no like... This event is not for our regular NFL watchers who are with us all season long. This is for the masses because it's turned into an event. It's Super Bowl parties. It's all that. So we're going to have like the biggest pop stars on the planet because there's so many like you think of some rock acts that are as popular as on the top 40 Mm -hmm. as any of the um, R&B or or uh, or pop stars, let's say. Mm -hmm. Like and Foo Fighters is a great example. Mm-hmm. U two is a great example. Mm-hmm. Coldplay did it too one year, right? Yeah, that was didn't exciting. Didn't they have Beyonce come out? Yeah, yeah. I think it, it has to. I think they have to be open to to anything happening. Mm-hmm. I, I don't like the idea that they sort of say, "Well, you only have thirteen minutes," or mm-hmm. whatever oh. crazy amount of like little time. Like, just let it be. It's going to be fine, but. They can't. They can't be easygoing. They can't be laissez-faire because of the ad dollars that are going into that timing. Mm-hmm. They have to make sure that everything is on point. Otherwise, there's still a game that's still <laughs> yeah. is really the whole point of it. Yeah. yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, back to the style of music, I think it would be great to even alternate years. It's not, it's not for a lack of band, you know, like a lack of choice. Mm-hmm. We'll see. Because I wonder, like, you know, uh, if they would ever pull out, like, a Metallica, or is that too... That's too much. That's probably too much. I think they could make it work, though. Like, Metallica certainly have harder-edged harder uh, songs um, that the diehard fans totally... They know the whole catalog, you know? But 
there are a handful of songs that are not all from the Black Album either. You know, like there's popular songs that are very appealing uh, that would work is what I'm trying to say. Mm-hmm. So I think they could make any band work. Yeah, they have covers of of older rock songs that that fans know of. I I think it's it's a matter of going. Yeah, you know what? This should uh, we should do this. And Metallica would be great also. Yeah, amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, before we go, I did want to just touch upon this. Big news, Mariah Carey heading back to Vegas. That's kind of cool. In April to celebrate. Um, so it'll be called the Celebration of Mimi, I believe. And it's to celebrate her um, album, The Emancipation of Mimi, which is celebrating its 19th anniversary this year. You and I had the great fortune to see Mariah when she oh, came yeah. through our town of Montreal um, when she was on her Christmas tour and obviously she did many cities around the states and and some here up in canada um like she was amazing as we know oh yeah i mean so, that was uh, one of those so happy to have experienced that mm-hmm. so would you go shows. to vegas or to see her and well her window is pretty short actually she's yeah. there for like two weeks mm-hmm. is she testing the waters to see if she could do something longer than that that's what i'm wondering i think at this point she is so hitting her stride over the past few years she's just she's exactly where she needs to be wants to be she can she can do whatever she wants residency in my mind when i hear that word i think it's like months yeah you know like you're setting up the space and it's going to be yours for two months let's say yeah yeah so two weeks is like hmm, that's just a run of shows but i guess technically it is a residency but she could is she going to do that you know once a year once every couple of years that that wouldn't be a bad idea. That's appointment tuning, as they say. People would make a point yeah. of going. Yeah. I, I could I could see, like, Vegas is not a hard sell for people either, by the way. It's yeah. a fun city. I've been there a couple of times. It's really super cool. Lots to see. Lots to do. The shows are great. You know, it's that kind of city that it's next level. Mm-hmm. You know, and people have to sort of bring their game and then add to it. Yeah. Certainly when you think of a U2 in the sphere, that kind of thing, that's like, what is happening? Well, it's so funny that you said that because I was at a music event here in Montreal uh, a couple of days ago and I was speaking to um, one of the peeps that works in Universal, the mm-hmm. uh, music label. And so she had just come back from Vegas literally like four days ago. Um, from seeing you too so she saw the show and she's like it's really like nothing you've ever experienced in your life she's like obviously all of us have gone to so many shows because we're in music and yeah in tunes and all that but she's like i've never seen this so i thought that was a good endorsement for anybody who is contemplating dropping all the coin to go sounds like you should it's a lot of coin (laughs) too that's why i do you know what's the ticket contemplated it but the tickets were you have to really you got to figure out how to justify that somehow, you know? Okay. I can justify a lot of things. Like 1500 2000 Yeah. For one. For, yeah, for one. Yeah. Yeah. And I know people that have gone that had adverse uh, experience to the lights. To the lights, yeah. Yeah. Overstimulation of... Yeah. And you only know when you know. That's not one of those things that you, you legit learn the hard way, right? You, you you don't know until you know that, oh, I'm having a physical total reaction to these lights. And this is what happened to a friend of mine who had to be, um, uh, she had to, uh, the med- medics were there. 
Oh boy. And then what she learned as a result was that there are dark rooms at the sphere for people who are overstimulated that need to take a moment from the show yeah. and chill out. So I think knowing that is great. Mm-hmm. I don't think they're advertising that. No, I'm sure they're not. No. Because that's that. like when you say, oh, it's a mind blowing show. Oh, wow. It legit is a mind blowing <laughs> show. <laughs> like, hey, thanks. No. Risky. Yeah. No. <laughs> Um, Sharon Hyland, thank you very much. Kelly, always nice to chat. Appreciate that. That is our music editor, Sharon Hyland. Make sure you follow her on Instagram at the Sharon Hyland. And of course, check out our podcast that we co-host together at 90s Now FM. The Kelly Alexander Show. Thank you very much for spending time with us on the program this week and a shout out to my guests, Rev and Sharon Hyland. My thanks, of course, to our super producer, Andrew Sabino, for doing a wonderful job putting the show together. And don't forget that you can tell all of your friends and family to listen to our show, The Kelly Alexander Show, on all the major podcast platforms, Apple, Spotify, Google Play, and Stitcher Radio. We also appreciate if you can take a couple of moments and give our show a review. And don't forget you can grab all of our social media handles by hitting up our website kellyalexandershow.com have an amazing week you and i will chat soon the kelly alexander show